Welcome everybody to the wild card review edition of the Ride in NFL DFS podcast. A controversial week, as it seems. Uh, if you are unaware, the user who took down the DraftKings Millionaire Maker wild card edition uh, is apparently a former Bachelor contestant. Her name is Jade Roper Tolbert. Um, but of course, thanks to the digging of the DFS community, they figured out that her and her husband both entered 150 lineups um, with very minimal overlap. She played every Saturday quarterback. He played every Sunday quarterback. Um, and, you know, it's just pretty clear that they ran 300 lineups and 150 went in on her account 150 went in on his account clearly illegal according to the DraftKings terms of service we'll see what happens if there are any you know punishments or retractions of payments um pretty <clears throat> bad timing for DraftKings to have this happen they are looking at getting an IPO out there an initial public offering you know um going public on the stock market so not the best time to have bad pub when you're trying to float to the people, but we'll see if they step in and um, take a stand. But if you haven't seen it on Twitter, they're just getting absolutely slaughtered. Um, everybody who's tweeting about it um, pretty much has either deleted their tweet if they were saying it was no big deal because when, you know, obviously accusations were flying before the facts came out. However, um, you know, some people, and you could do this, pulled all their exposures and, and saw, you know, she only played Saturday quarterbacks. He only played Sunday quarterbacks. They don't have any Duke lineups. It's just, uh, actually I'm, I'm incorrect about that. They have a Duke lineup, but it was because the husband put in the same lineup twice um, it's just, you know, not to ramble on about it, but you never want to see that. You never want to see collusion and cheating um, when 99% of the people in the DFS industry are, um, you know, playing straight-laced and, you know, adhering to all the terms of service and the rules. So we'll see what happens. Um, just kind of funny if you go on Twitter and, like, search her name. DraftKings tweeted at her, like, will you accept this rose? She she retweeted it and said she would accept this rose, and it's all been deleted. Because obviously, you know, when, when delete life happens on your Twitter, that means you're pretty uh, sure something went awry. And when that all came out about uh, the no overlap in their 300 lineups, you know, you just can't do that team building strictly against the rules okay as for the as for the content i mean those two clowns have nothing to do with why i did not have a very good dfs week basically the reason that i did not have a very good dfs week was because i was way underweight on adam thielen and dk metcalf and that is those were the two keys to unlocking the slate pretty much 
So uh, just game by game, let's do like things I got right, things I got wrong, and how we can leverage the field next week. Um, I feel like I was pretty spot on about the Bills and the Texans being a game that you wanted to stack because there was going to be low exposure. Both Allen and Watson were in like the 15% range as far as quarterbacks were concerned. And both of them were the two quarterbacks that you needed to win the DFS slate. Uh, Allen went for 27, Watson went for 29, and they were by far the top two quarterbacks on the slate. Um, I even mentioned that the Texans, you know, allow a ton of receptions to running backs, so you should get Devin Singletary in there. Not that he caught a ton of passes, but the Allen to Singletary stack, scooping up all of the Bills' you know, offensive exposure was a smart play as well. Here's the crux of the matter. Within the slate, if you clicked on a receiver in either game, you were a loser. So you had to play either Deshaun Watson naked or Josh Allen with only Devin Singletary, right? So if you added Kenny Stills, if you added DeAndre Hopkins, if you added John Brown, if you added Cole Beasley, to any of your stacks of this game, you were pretty much drawing dead from the optimal lineup because the wide receivers and tight ends were not how each quarterback got there, right? Allen caught a touchdown pass, um, and Deshaun Watson ran one in and threw one to Carlos Hyde. So, you know, the the receivers that you would normally stack up thinking that their big games were going to come in, uh, you know, synchronized with their pass catchers, not happening. So right off the bat there, you had to have a pretty unique lineup, Watson and Allen, without a wide receiver. Now, Yes, you kind of want to push the limits on some of the the rules um, on a short slate. However, the odds that a quarterback on a short slate gets there and he doesn't bring a pass catcher along with him are very, very slim. That's not going to happen, um, you know, for the next however many slates. I'm pretty sure when I ran all the millionaire maker correlations and lineup constructions over the last three years, only once was a lineup, and it was Lamar Jackson last year in the middle of the season. He was the only quarterback that was not stacked with a pass catcher throughout every slate um, for the last three years or something like that. So it's not something that's going to happen often. I wouldn't think it happens again in this playoffs or, you know, in the near future. Um, also in this game, you know, Devin Singletary had a pretty good game. He, he ran well, uh, caught some passes. But other than that, this game really wasn't anything that you needed to have a piece of. In the second game, Titans-Patriots, I did not have enough Derrick Henry. Um, I really didn't have any really much part of this game at all. Um, I had a little bit of Edelman, a little bit of Derrick Henry, and I was even with the field on Corey Davis. I thought this game was just going to be a mess. Um, oh, I also had the Patriots defense as well. Um, none of that really paid off except for Derrick Henry, but being underweight on him, you know, I didn't have a ton of outs uh, once he went off. 
in the early Sunday game. Um, I was so my quarterback exposure broke down to fifty percent Josh Allen, twenty uh, percent Deshaun Watson, and then twenty percent Drew Brees, ten percent Carson Wentz. So those Wentz teams were drawing dead. Ten percent of my player or my lineups were drawing dead right off the, right off the bat because Wentz only played a series. Um, I was underweight on Drew Brees. Um, him going for only 13 DK points or whatever he did was huge because it salvaged a little bit of my day. I, it wasn't like a total loss. Um, but in that game, not having Adam Thielen was um, a pretty big mistake. He and DK Metcalf were really the only two receivers that did anything on the entire slate. Um, so if you didn't have those two in the same lineup, you probably weren't going to get you know a top 10 percentile lineup. And then it's also hard to have those two with Josh Allen and Deshaun Watson. So it was a really unique lineup combination uh, and lineup construction that won this slate. You kind of had to have uh, most lineups that I looked at had um, either Allen or Deshaun Watson. Um, obviously, Derrick Henry, those two 6K wide receivers we just mentioned. And then they most lineups did not have a running back in the flex. And it was because David Moore who is someone that we talked about on the podcast, um, was pretty much the only receiver under, I don't know, 4,400 or so to do much. And that's the other thing. I had a little bit too much of Traquan Smith. So basically where we went wrong, um, and then the Eagles defense was my most owned defense on the slate. Um, I feel like I was on the right track there. They got a ton of pressure on Russ he just escaped a good bit, and you know their offensive line versus the Eagles' defensive line was such a mismatch. Fletcher Cox was in the backfield uh, pretty much within a second and a half on every play, and I thought that's what was going to happen. Um, and you know they looked pretty good to come out. They blocked a field goal. They they were holding them. Uh, end of the half, there was basically um, no points scored in this game. So I think. Uh, you know, it all went awry when DK Metcalf caught that bomb for a touchdown. I went from actually having a profitable day to not having a profitable day because not only did I not have DK Metcalf, but that took away a ton of points from the Eagles defense as well. Um, so, so there you go. I mean, that's just, it just goes to show you how uh, tricky and how variant these slates can be. You needed to have DK Metcalf. You needed to have Adam Thielen. And you basically needed to have one of Josh Allen or Deshaun Watson. So on a normal slate, on an 11 to 15 game slate, you know, these receivers that are going for 20 DK points, 23 DK points, aren't going to break the slate. There's going to be lots of receivers going for 20 DK points. There's going to be lots of running backs going for 20, 30 DK points. So there's combinations that you can have that aren't going to lock you out um, if you didn't click on one or two players. On the short slates, only four teams, excuse me, four games, eight teams. You're pretty much going to need um, certain players to have a GPP winning lineup. So that is why I like to tell you not to play too many cash games. Because if you didn't have DK Metcalf in cash, you just weren't cashing most likely. Um, or Adam Thielen, I guess. If you didn't, if, if you had Drew Brees, you might have survived because the field was overweight on him in cash games. Um, but really, there. There's just less room for error 
uh, on these short slates. So I played all GPP this week, um, unsuccessfully, of course. But still, uh, it just goes to show you that you know cash games probably aren't the thing to do on these short slates. All right, we have a pretty solid divisional round coming up. Um, I mean, just from a games perspective, Seattle going to Green Bay, the Vikings going to San Fran, the Titans going to Baltimore, and the Texans going to Kansas City. I mean, four pretty solid games. I think we'll see a little bit more offense uh, this week than we did last week for sure. Uh, Four games that went under, four games that kind of stalled out. And I think like, you know, I don't know what happens if if butts pucker or what in these wild card rounds, but I saw a stat where like now with these four games going under, only eight games in the last like, I don't know, eight years went over the wild card total. And the last thing for this review edition of the Ride In NFL DFS podcast. Uh, unfortunately, FF Cheesehead never contacted me about being announced the winner of the office pint glass. Feel bad, but one of the conditions was that you had to hear your name mentioned on this podcast and let me know that. So unfortunately, he does not win the office pint glass, uh, which was announced about a week ago. The winner of the office pint glass. Uh, I went back in and hit, uh, you know, regenerate again or whatever, and it popped up the Miles Miller. I oh, God, I already forgot. Okay, so at the Miles Miller uh, or Mitchell, something of that nature. I know I interact with him on Twitter a lot. Um, that is our winner. Contact me, and I will get that office pint glass to you ASAP. Okay. Wednesday or Thursday, keep your eyes peeled for the divisional round of the Ride In NFL DFS podcast. Have a good week, everyone.